0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. time in 20 years that a serving member of our Defence Forces, a very, very young man, uh, 23-year-old Private Sean Rooney, originally from Newtown, Cunningham and County Donegal and serving with the 27th Infantry Battalion Dundalk. But it's the, it's the first time in two decades where an Irish soldier serving in, on a peacekeeping mission has been killed uh, by uh, uh, an attack by a, a, an enemy force. Hezbollah have... Uh, said in the last few minutes they weren't involved that was the original um, the the original uh, conversation around a lot of people but um, Sean Rooney unfortunately has lost his, his young life while going about his uh, his duty as a peacekeeper um, and uh, Philip MacDonald is, I know you were in the army you're only retired 14 years do you know this spot? Apparently uh, it's it's near uh, Al-Akba and there's a name, the, the village has been named as well. Do you know that road, Philip? Hi, Joe. Yeah, I only travelled that road uh, approximately six weeks ago. Joe, I was over uh, commemorating a lost colleague who died actually 40 years to the month, last okay. month, in, in, oh, sorry, in October. And I was over uh, to commemorate con- that. And what were conditions like on that road, given the state that Lebanon is now in? Uh, conditions was excellent. Uh, we okay. actually st- we actually stopped uh, not far from where the incident occurred, and we had a coffee in a, in, a, in a local shop. Um, and, and you know the people are friendly. It was absolutely no signs of or no mention of, of any types of, of that uh, unrest in the area. So, th- so there wouldn't have been any army intelligence to say this. The, the things are getting more and more dangerous on that route. I don't know, Joe, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Say, I'm gone 14 years. I was yeah, out yeah. there on my own. Uh, I was travelling along with another guy in an unmarked, you know, in, in a civilian car. So, I mean, we wouldn't have drawn any attention to ourselves. Okay. And, uh, and, there, and there would have been... And in fairness to, to the to the group of soldiers last night, they weren't in Moags, they weren't in big armour cars, but they were in SUVs. Uh, the, I think they're Toyota Land Cruiser, but they are armoured SUVs, so it was... In that sense, it seemed to be a very sensible choice of transport. You don't draw attention to yourself, uh, in one sense, uh, but two, you do you do have uh, you do have protection. But in terms of the the changes in Lebanon, especially over the last four or five years, the, almost the anarchy. The the I know it's mainly around Beirut, the run on the banks, and people not being able to get money from that. Was there was there uh, as far as you could see on your recent visit? Uh, Philip, was was there disharmony and and disquiet on in that area? Not at all, Joe. Okay. Now, in saying that, uh, once darkness came, we, we, I mean, I was staying in Beirut in the city itself, uh, beside the American uh, American University. But once darkness come, you know, the place became eerily quiet. Uh, yeah. I mean, to this day, they still haven't got public lighting in a lot of the the, the areas off Beirut itself. But the main thoroughfares are. But I mean, I say once dark came, you know, everyone kind of you know returned to their bases and returned to their hotels and so on like that so there is well we know there is unease and unrest in Lebanon it's, it's in in terms of a go- governance it's almost anarchy at this stage but you say in terms of the journey from uh, the Irish camp to they were obviously going to the airport in Beirut again on a, on a mission of mercy bringing uh, two comrades to the airport who had, who had suffered uh, bereavements in their family to go home for the obsequies in Ireland over the next few few days. But you say that, that road wasn't regarded and wouldn't be regarded as extraordinarily dangerous. Not, not, not the impression okay. I got. There was, there was lots of little coffee shops along the side of the road where you could pull in. There was, you could no, see the UN vehicles had pulled in, unarmed okay. vehicles as well, sitting having coffee. Uh, and as I say, nothing to, to, that stood out to me or, or, the, or the other person that I was travelling with, and he was a local as well. And you know, got talking to him, and mm-hmm. he, he never mentioned any kind of unrest. Now this was six weeks ago, you know, and unfortunately, as Declan Power said this morning on RTE, things can change very, very quickly. Yeah, 
They did change. Now, obviously, they, they were they were travelling late at night. Obviously, they had a plane to catch or whatever because it was a, a mercy mission to try and get their their comrades home. Um, would would it be regarded as uh, being more dangerous travelling in darkness? I presume it is. But, 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 I, but I do take on board the fact that you were saying that things when you were there six weeks ago were, were fairly placid. Absolutely, fairly yeah. placid. Other than you mentioned earlier, the economy was in disarray now. Yeah. But uh, no, but once darkness came, you could, you could you know, in around uh, Beirut City was where I was, you could sense a, a, a recluse, you know, people pulling back to their base or, or, or not just travelling about as much, other than locals now. Locals would travel, but we'll say the, the, the Europeans and that, they would all retreat and, and, and you would not see any of them out after, after dark. And we've heard stories and incredible stories of people in Beirut, especially basically trying going into banks to rob their own money back. That, that, that's, that, that's the level of anarchy that's there, which is shocking. That's right, Joe. I mean, I changed $300 and, and the lady behind the counter, I think she gave me two million um, Lebanese wow. pounds at the call. I thought I was rich, but when I went to buy some food, then it was you could see, you know, how it was in, in, in disarray or, or what the effects of it was. And I know we were contacted by a, a priest who's uh, out in the Lebanon and um, uh, hopefully we get to talk to him shortly. But he, um, his father, William Stewart, he's in the Lebanon. He was saying, like, even to go into a bank and try and get money that's, that's yours is impossible. Impossible. Impossible, impossible yeah. And, and just when I was talking to a researcher, I was saying, I mean, the locals in any of the areas you go around, they're lovely people. Their country has been through, I mean, it's 40 years since I served in it. It has been through so many catastrophes and disasters. I mean, the disaster in the in the, in the the Bay Area as well. I could actually see that area where the massive explosion was there a while back. I could see the devastation of the uh, around the city there as well. But the, 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 the local population schemed, you know, they're, they're still as happy as ever and, and still trying yeah. to, you know. And there would, we, we heard so many incredibly warm stories over the years how well disposed the local population are to the, I'm not, I'm not much surprised given the soldiers I know, but the, 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 the how well disposed uh, the local population were to the Irish peacekeepers. Absolutely, uh, you know, there's an orphanage in Tibnean, which is well known to most, yeah. you know, all, all Irish soldiers out there or any groups that have travelled out there. I mean, the UN as a group ha have, you know, helped out so many people. Uh, it meant, you know, f that people could move around quite freely and so on just because of the, there was a UN presence there. And we've been there for, as you say, over four decades. Now, there have been... Uh, tragic, uh, a, a significant number of tragedies. A uh, number of them, unfortunately, it was going to happen. It, it, it happened in accidents, and um, as as you mentioned, one case it was a, a fellow soldier who who uh, killed three of his comrades. Um, but in terms of a, an Irish soldier being killed on active service like this, it's 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 highly unusual, isn't it? In the recent decades, highly unusual. I think it's twenty years actually since the last. A UN soldier was killed. Um, highly unusual, but uh, you know, when you're working in a situation or a country like that, you know, things can change. For, for, yeah. You know, political can change very, very quickly. Um, I know when when I was serving out there, when things, when you were on high alert, okay, you were expecting something. Time went mm -hmm. past quick, and so on, so on. Is when actually the whole place was so quiet. That was the time where you had to concentrate that bit more. To, you know, to, to keep alert and to watch out for different factions. I mean, the two main factions when we were there was the Hezbollah and the Imal to a lesser extent, but I believe they have not claimed responsibility for the for the, 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 the shooting last night. Now, the latest, um, uh, I'm, I'm looking one one statement in The Guardian from Rory, the piece by Rory Carroll, saying, uh, Wasif Safa, a Hezbollah official, told Reuters the soldier's death, death came after an unintentional incident that took place between the residents of Al-Aqba and individuals from the Irish unit and urged that the party, i.e. Hezbollah, not be inserted into the incident. It's the first yeah. death uh, of an Irish uh, Defence Forces member in combat in 23 years. 23 years. Shocking, yeah. shocking, yeah. Which, make, which makes it all the more 
uh, shocking. And the fact, I don't know whether you've seen the photograph of this young man, 23 yeah. years of age. He looks extraordinarily yeah. fit. As a professional soldier had the, I know it's a, it's a photograph taken, I presume, by the Defence Forces. Uh, just a fine example of a, of an, uh, an upstanding young man who's given given his life for uh, the Irish people, basically through the Irish Defence Forces and the incredible work we do and the incredible reputation we have in uh, peacekeeping. And we hope the other soldier from Cork, um, who's uh, critical uh, that he's, I know he's been moved to a, a, a UN hospital um, and the word in the last hour if you listen to um, Sean Clancy the Chief of Staff seems to be a little bit more positive um, and his and his uh, condition but anyway uh, Philip I know you want to join me in offering condolences and apparently five of Sean's close relatives are members of the army oh so yeah, and that's, you know, when something like this happens, you know, especially when, when you retire from the army and that, you know, even though something happens, you still class them as part of the family. You often wonder, do they ever serve? Sometimes you might have served with their father or grandfather, you know, that it's a family tradition, okay. a big family. And I hope, you know, that everyone will be, will be surround each other and help each other out at this, at this time. Okay, Kira Feeney is in uh, Newtown Cunningham in Donegal. And my God, Donegal has had a horrific year. In terms of uh, tragedies, uh, Kira, good afternoon. Hello, Kira. I'll go to Kira after the break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And also, our thoughts and prayers are with uh, young Shane Carney, again, 22 years of age from Calais uh, in County Cork, who was. Uh, seriously injured and is uh, is in hospital at the moment. Kira Feeney is in Newtown Cunningham in Donegal. Uh, Kira, and you're listening. Um, I can't imagine the reaction in such a small a small village, Kira. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Everyone's just everything's at a standstill. It's just heartbreaking altogether, and, and it's when, not the same atmosphere. Yeah, when did people hear the news, Kira? I just heard myself this morning from the cafe next door. Wow. Oh, it's heartbreaking. You know, I can't. No uh, one's ever going to come to news. I mean, in terms of this year, it's just absolutely uh, heartbreaking for uh, family. Am I right in thinking you're you're ringing from the local shop? Yeah, okay. you're stopping Newtown Cunningham. Yeah. Okay, and and would would uh, would um, Sean or his family have used that shop? Oh yeah, they're in every day. So they were. Sean was always in the evenings before he drove to Dublin and the. Yeah. And it's just heartbreaking altogether. He's just he's uh, a lovely lad, so he was and. And he looked, and I don't know whether you've seen the photograph of him. It's online. This incredible photograph of him in his uniform. He looks like he was he he was made for the army. He looked. Yeah, he was very proud of his uniform. Now you always seen him walking the streets with the uniform on, and in the evenings he would have been running the roads. You know that. It was just it was a happy chap. So he was. And he was only twenty three, Kira. Twenty three. Yeah, it's crazy. You just don't know when time's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and are his family still living in Newtown Cunningham, do you know? Yeah, they are. They're oh, just okay. up the road from the shop, so they are. So condolences to them. His little sister is always yeah. in the shop herself, so she is. Yeah. Well, I can't, I can't imagine the, the grief that those 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 people are... Oh, it's heartbreaking, I have Sean. to say. Yeah. Newton's at a standstill, it's just... 23 very, years very sad. Um, and as you say, I know there's a service down in Calais this evening for... Uh, no, an open air service to, for the, the 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 soldiers for Sean and for Shane's uh, hopeful return to full health. But it's uh, it comes it comes as a terrible shock. How big is Newtown Cunningham, Kira? It's is there. You know what? It's a small village, but it's a yeah. big community. There's a lot of people here. And does it have like a, a wee family really? To be honest. And does it have a second level school? I has a primary school yet and. Moyle School as well, two schools. Okay, and where where where's your nearest big town? Is it up near Letterkenny then? Yeah, we've been near Letterkenny. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's kind of okay. near the border there as well. Would you say uh, Sean Rooney, God rest him, was a familiar figure, proudly wearing the Irish Army uniform? Oh, proudly wearing it. He was on every day, and if he wasn't walking the streets, he was running them. So it was. Yeah. It's just ca- absolutely heartbreaking for us. And I can't imagine them. Um, at age 23, I'd say he was full of life and fun and all the things that 23-year-olds 
have uh, one in their life and two in their expectations as well. It's a, I know, it's, it's very, you just, it's very, very sad altogether. Yeah. Just, you just don't know. And is there many, sure. would there be many from the from the village who join up the Irish, join the Irish army, Kira? No, there's, there's not, you know that, but yeah, his okay. best friend Jack's in it, so he is. Oh, is he okay? Yes. Okay, okay. Well, God, God rest him, Kira. You remember him as a lovely chap coming in and out of the shop, proudly, proudly yeah, wearing, sure. proudly wearing his Irish army. Look after yourselves up there. It's been a, it's been a horrific year for Donegal in terms of Creasley now and this awful, awful tragedy. I know um, that's for sure. Now that's for out. sure. And do you do you work in the shop, Kira? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I work yeah. in the shop. Okay. That's how I would know. Sean, okay. Okay. Well, you can. Yeah, I, I, if I was to read out the messages here. Condolences to uh, Sean. Uh, I'll pass them on to you because you're the person who's phoned us from the village, and say if you're just just tell them that the the whole nation is in shock. The whole nation is in shock for Sean's, yeah, Sean's sacrifice. Right. Okay, Kira, you mind yourself. Thanks indeed. That's Kira Feeney ringing us there from Newtown, Cunningham, uh, in County Donegal. It's not, and it, it's not, it's not as I say, it's not enough to say Newtown, Cunningham. There's a cloud over this today because of the. The uh, tragic uh, death of uh, Private uh, Sean Rooney, only age twenty three. His family lived there, and you can imagine. Uh, no, we can't. You can get a glimpse uh, in your life of the pain that family are going through, and then uh, to realise that the cloud is over the whole country because uh, it's a reminder of our peacekeeping uh, forces and the fact that we've been extraordinarily good at it extraordinarily good and extraordinarily welcome and extraordinarily diplomatic and to hear of this young man as Kira said he proudly wore his uniform in his uh, in, in the village of Newtown Cunningham and you see from the photograph he he wore it with great elegance and dignity as well um, proudly wearing his blue his blue beret of the United Nations and may he um, may Sean uh, rest in peace and um, may we uh, Shane make a full recovery but condolences above all to the family of Sean Rooney to his comrades and to everyone in our brilliant uh, Defence Forces Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815 Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815 The total number of deaths in the Irish uh, Unifil Forces um up to 2008 was 47. Now, a lot of them, that's, that's according to Robert Fisk in the Defence Forces Review. Uh, the majority of them, given at any one time, there's up to 400 Irish soldiers in it, at times, a difficult terrain, otherwise they wouldn't be there. Um, a, a lot of the, unfortunately, the, the soldiers who were killed were in accidents due to dangerous roads, etc. Uh, but according to again, Robert Fisk in the Defence Forces Review, a total of 14 uh, Irish soldiers have been killed. It's now gone to 15. Uh, one killed by the Israelis, six by Major Haddad's Christian militia, uh, five killed by uh, Hezbollah, and two killed by uh, various factions of the allied to the to the PLO. Uh, and now Hezbollah have said they they don't want to be. Well, I was afraid they don't want to be inserted into this story, even though the village where Sean was killed last night uh, is controlled by uh, Hezbollah. But it's a it's a reminder of um, the you know forty seven Irish soldiers have died um, as I say fourteen and fifteen and now in combat positions so to speak Mary Bork Mary good afternoon I know you were listening and you contacted us because your son uh, died in the Lebanon as well in in the Irish Army uniform he did he did Joe and the fortieth anniversary was the 27th of October. Okay. And when I heard it, the lad today, Sean, he was in the 27th Battalion in Dundalk. Yeah. I said, oh my God, 27 Hansos. Yeah, and, and did, 27th did, of October, yeah. 1982. And Peter Burke, my son. Yeah. Thomas Murphy <laughs> and Gary Morrow. And, and what age? What age, what age was Peter? God rest him. Peter was celebrated his twentieth birthday out yeah. in the Lebanon and had a had a ball. I think we forget how young our soldiers are. Yeah, we really do, and they're they're highly trained. They're highly uh, yeah. very fit, very disciplined. But I think we forget how young they are. Yes, I mean, 
but then they they want to go, Joe. Like, yeah. my son did a guard of honour for another soldier. And when okay. he came back, he says, I never saw such misery. I think I'm going to put in to go to the lab. And he okay. was determined. So he went. And did you, were you worried about him going to the, to the Lebanon, Mary? Oh, my God. I couldn't believe it. Like, if my three sons, he would be the one that I would say, no way. Yeah. But he, he had, he was a brilliant, brilliant lad involved in the youth, plenty of friends in and out. But, um, and the worst part, Joe, I know I probably will go off because I am really nervous. I wasn't able to talk years ago, but like I'm much, much older now. But the hurt is still there. Yeah. But like he celebrated his 20th birthday out in the Lebanon. He went out in May and his birthday, 20th, was on July, the 3rd of July. And we celebrated in October the 40th anniversary down at Arbor Hill. Or the three lads. And you're saying your boy would have been 60. Say that again, Joe, sorry. So you're thinking, I'm sure, I know you think of Peter, Peter every day, if not every hour, if every oh minute. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. But, but it, you're, it, it, no, it gets worse, actually. As years go on, the older you get. I mean, my grandson is texting me saying, Nana, when I heard that the soldiers, how, are you okay? Yeah. Family members, I mean, we're all affected, Joe. Like, it didn't just, and like, I'm so glad that there is help there now for the families. But in the airtime, we got, yeah. we never had help. We never had any, you know, I mean, at the beginning, and uh, but once the funeral was over and yeah. like commemoration, evening commemoration day, you're put into the public area. Like, it's as if, like, it's for VIPs, it's not for... No, that's a pity. Do you know what I mean? I know it doesn't matter, but like, it does to us. Mm-hmm. You know, course, it does to the Of family. course it does, of course it does. Your son died in 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 an Irish Army uniform and... and yeah, uh, and, and had 36 months, Joe. He was due home on the 27th of October. And because there was a shortage of men... He happened to be picked to stay back. It was his last duty, and he, his cases had come home, yeah. and he, he was like last duty, brilliant meeting all the new faces, but never knew what he was going to meet. Yeah. Very horrendous. And then, and then the. the there's there's no way there's no way of of nuancing a death a death of a young man is death of a young man the death of a young man in an Irish army uniform yeah uh, doesn't now the, the, the fact that uh, Peter and his two comrades um, yeah. Thomas Thomas and Gregory Gregory Morrow and Thomas Murphy yeah. um, were they were on duty but they were on duty with a a, a man called uh, McAlevey and. Um, Thank you, for, Joe, for saying for, that. For whatever reason, he um, he, yeah. ki- he killed him. Yeah. That's just the type of man he was. I, yeah, yeah. I probably have a lot of things I could say, but I would yeah. not. Say okay, don't. And were you yeah. were you advised that McAlevey on when he was released? Well, that was Joe. We were like talk about post traumatic stress. Okay. I think that's where I'm suffering now because when I think back of all the times. Um, that we had to try and fight or get yeah. petitions for this man was allowed out after 11 years. He was allowed out to Rome. He was allowed... Okay, and then he and was... Then he was brought back in. He was from West Belfast and he was moved to McGabbery yeah. Prison then. Okay. Well, would you say... And do you well, feel... You, and Mary... He did appeal, yeah. And but we got great support from the Northern Ireland courts. Yeah, I know. We were able to write letters, like um, my daughter, who was five, but never forgot the, the agony and the, yeah, you can okay, imagine your eldest one. And, um, I'm, and I'm just thinking, and, and you, you you can experience this, you can... Yes. Yeah. I'm just uh, talking of the, thinking of the knock on the door in Newton Cunningham this morning. Yeah. Uh, Sean's family at two o'clock, I presume it was a... a yeah, I to stump and I... A soldier and a chaplain. You're reliving yeah. it. You're reliving yeah. it. 
and you're you're thinking of the way those families because okay. the misery that went on in this house with Peter's younger sister only five even this morning before she went to work, uh, she's texting, "Ma'am, are you okay?" Because you must remember we're much older now. Now, Joe, I hate saying that because I try to keep me age. I know, no, don't be dumb. <laughs> Um, well, well, our thoughts and prayers are with all the, all the Irish soldiers who died in uniform uh, while while serving mm-hmm. in the peacekeeping force, uh, including your very, very, uh, very, very young son. And as I say, it's a reminder of how young our soldiers are. And that's part of the job. You're young and fit and, yeah. and able and smart and, and on the ball. Um, and I know you want to offer your condolences to the family I of Sean Rooney. That's what made me, Joe, because I haven't done it in years. But when I heard... And I just, and when you mentioned like 40 years ago, I said, oh my God, they're recognizing it because we don't get any recognition because it, it is a horrible incident, Joe, no matter what way we look at it. But like for, when you mentioned it, I just okay. had to do that. And but my condolences to the, even to the soldier that's injured because when they knocked their air door, late at night, the first thing I said was, please tell me he's one of the injured ones. And you know by their face, that wasn't so. Okay, Mary, Mary, you look after yourself. Uh, Peter will never be, I know he'll never be forgotten in your heart and your family. Not um, a, not one bit, Joe. Not one bit. Never. As a, as I said, the older we get, and Philip, we listen to everything. We we travelled to Lebanon twice, and we loved yeah. the country. And we the, loved the people. And the people. And I, I and just, I, I, just I, 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 yes, well, I'm sorry. Can I just say, the people of Lebanon put up a monument at Tibbalim Bridge, and they look after that monument yeah. themselves. And it's a beautiful monument, just to the three lads, because. My son played football with the kids, played music with them. Yeah. And like for the Le- the Lebanese people are, they're lovely, lovely people. As I said, we made two trips out and the orphanage and travelled all around mm. and thanks the Irish Army, I'll have to thank them for that, you know. And, and Philip, I just want you to say hello to Philip MacDonald, but Philip, you, you travelled out specifically for that for the anniversary of Peter, uh, Peter's uh, killing and, and Thomas um, and Gregory in, in um, you, you were out, was there a ceremony or what was the occasion, Philip, in terms of a memorial? Uh, no, the occasion was I actually served with, uh, with Peter and myself and Peter and a few of the uh, lads. We were actually on, the, on, a, on a road running team and we actually ran together. God, I can remember Peter with his curly hair, his dark yeah. curly dark curly hair and yeah. you know it's bringing back here oh, great memories and, and sad memories as well but I, um, I was tra- I was travelling back I, I actually knew the three lads there was I served with the three lads I went out I was home the week before the incident took place um, I was home on what's called the second chalk I think Peter was going home on the third chalk but um, my, my in- home on the 27 but uh, it changed the last minute yeah yeah well I was home on that trip but um, I, I went back over six weeks ago to try and, and get back to the location to Tiffany mm-hmm. Bridge to lay yeah. flowers just for my own sense you know of, of just to commemorate it but unfortunately I only got within well I was only about two kilometres away from the Tiffany okay. Bridge due to a, and there was an incident there as well at that time so but it's, it's great to hear uh, Miss, Mrs. Burke there Mary, you know yeah. uh, the last yeah. time I the last time I saw Mrs. Burke was 40 years ago, you know, and due to the circumstances, we didn't get talking. But I have to say now, Peter was not because, you know, Peter was a lovely lad and the, the other two guys as well. They were young men. And I actually ce- I celebrated my 19th birthday out there. Oh, so that shows how young our soldiers are going out yeah. there and doing a, a critical job for, the you know, Ireland and the UN. Yeah, and, uh, and like they, they want to go out. They want to serve... Like and they learn and they yeah. become men. I mean, I saw my son go out like like a kid, and looking at his photographs. Remember, we didn't have phones or we didn't. Yeah, yeah, you know, we yeah. couldn't ring home. And when I look at his photographs up to the time he was coming home, he had matured into a very handsome. <laughs> like he was engaged now to be to a beautiful yeah, girl, yeah. but he changed from a young kid into a, a, a brilliant-looking mm. man. And I, that's the way, I, when I see Daniel Bill-Lewis, I think of my Peter. <laughs> okay. 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 Mary, you, okay. Mind, you mind yourself and it's nice. Listen, Joe, 
I have to thank you for for mentioning uh, okay, it with me in the media. Um, okay, well, any, anyone who serves in the in the proud of uh, uniform of Oglig Naharan, and there is only one Oglig Naharan. Um, the greatest uh, bunch of men you've uh, ever met. Yeah, and women, and women now, yeah. Okay, m- Mary, Mary, mind yourself and thinking of you as a lot of people are and all our, all our soldiers who are serving and all our soldiers who died in uniform. And Philip MacDonald, thank you uh, also as well. Joe at rte.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Ronan, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. What happened last night? What happened? Well, it was the, it was the other night, and, um, well, what can I say? Uh, uh, a chap from this sort of socially organised uh, eco-activist group decided to let out the air on the tyres of my car and several other ones on the, the road and surrounding areas. Uh, this is the second time in two okay. weeks he's hit myself personally and our own surrounding areas. And it's a campaign, obviously. Yeah, it seems to be loosely organised campaign specifically targeting SUV cars, uh, d- despite the fact if they are uh, electric or, or otherwise. It's just it's, it's so you come out and your tires are deflated and you've got to organise to. Is it one tire or more that they do? He went for two on mine, but he actually okay. lost the dust cap on one of them. Uh, he did two on my neighbours, but one on mine. And then, why do you say he? Why do you think it's a he? Oh, because I've seen him on my. Camera oh, you've seen him. How does he arrive? He arrives walking his scrappy little lovely looking dog and, you know, makes a pretense, I think, to pick up a dog poo and wild air, takes the dust cap off the tyre, drops a little pebble or a popcorn kernel into it and screws it back on and it just slowly lets the air out. Ah. It takes him all of about 10 seconds. But it's, it's, it's like, as we've covered on this programme recently, if people have to get to hospital in a hurry exactly. in Dublin, you could be, and what, what time of the day or night is he doing this? The first time he did it at half ten at night, I think I just missed him by about 10 or 15 minutes coming back from somewhere. Uh, the most recent one was just after 1am. And they tell you to go onto this website. It, it's, it's, the website is just a manifesto for vandalism, yeah, basically. It's a bit of rambling, all right. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it says, attention, your gas guzzler kills. Well, that's that's what they say. The tireextinguishers.com. Um, and they even say, if you're driving a hybrid or electric, these are still polluting. Dangerous and cause congestion. See more on our website. So these this crowd have set themselves up, or maybe it isn't a crowd, set themselves up as judge and jury to go around vandalising. Essentially, yeah. I mean, you know, I have my own very particular reasons for why we have that particular mm-hmm. car, um, yeah. which they don't seem to agree with or, or, or think makes sense. They start off saying it's, you know, gas covers the environment, but then they go on to say that, well, even if your car is electric, we don't care. We don't like SUVs. Um, I don't know. I can't kind of follow it. And I'm reading one of the other rambling uh, declarations on their so-called manifesto. Psychological studies show, Ronan, that SUV drivers are more likely to take risks on the road. So they say... I, must I mean, I'd love to sit down with these people and actually talk yeah. through some you of can't. their... Uh, Ronan, you couldn't, you can't, sorry, Ronan, you can't talk to them. Like, you saw what he did with the, the, the paintings. The, what, do they, what do they call themselves? Rebellion, Extinction, or Extinction Rebellion. And then we, have, we even had a government minister here saying, well, they did, it was a great PR uh, victory. And, like, so, so we're not living in that, that mode now. If you, want to, um, if you want to try and affect change, just vandalise. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's the right way around. Like, I, to be fair, with the premise of environmentalism and safety and all that, you know, I understand I can get on board with it, but not by attacking the general public. You know, go make change, go make representations to your your local councillors or politicians. Not this way. This isn't going to gain any support. And is it just in the town your area or have the Gardaí told you any more? Oh, we're aware of it in the wider area as well, around D6, D6W in general. Um yeah, they specifically, um, like from reading their, as you say, manifesto, specifically target middle class areas, um, mm. whatever they deem them to be. Exactly, exactly. And and Ronan, how do you how do you sort out your tyres when you've two tyres deflated when you come out on a freezing morning? 
the kindness of strangers, thankfully, well, not strangers, yeah. my neighbours, thankfully, the first time had a had a you know a small compressor. I've had to go out and actually mm. purchase a compressor now as well, okay. in anticipation of this happening again. So you know, they talk about trying to save the planet. I've just had to spend more money, more manufacturing costs. It, you know, it doesn't make sense. But my my other point is there is a difficulty not just here. Look at look at the UK at the moment. There is a difficulty in uh, ambulance times and uh, getting from A to B. And if you have to try and get a sick child to a hospital in a hurry, and you come out and your two tires are deflated by the deflated by these lunatics. Yeah, there was a time in my life not too long ago where I was in and out of Crumlin Hospital every day for about three months while my uh, wife and child were in the hospital. If I had come out to that. Yeah, I mean, I obviously wouldn't be particularly happy to say it life. And what do you think? Of, am I making a... Ronan, check me if I'm not. Am I making a fair point when I say when this vandalism broke out um, with throwing uh, paint, uh, throwing tomato sauce at paintings and it happened here in the Crawford Gallery. But before it, it, after this happened, one government minister said he could see how it is very effective. And now there's other forms of vandalism emerging. Is there is there an atmosphere where this is acceptable? Do you think? I certainly don't think it's acceptable. I, I don't. Even, I, I mean, it maybe against PR, but I don't. I don't necessarily think it's good PR. Uh, I think it tends to put people off the cause when they see it affecting, you know, the man on the street. Um, I, I don't see this as an effective campaign. Yeah, and, bef- and, and before narrative. before people start ringing in saying it's not vandalism, it is vandalism, and it is. Oh yeah, it, it has a it has a really nasty downside, and that is if you needed to get from A to B in a hurry, or someone has a disabled child that has to get them to school or whatever, and they come out and their two tires are deflated and it's minus four degrees. How would you how would you classify that little uh, novelty experience of this fella going around with his dog pretending to be picking up dog poo? Um, anyway, so, but their 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 website is there. We won't give them too much publicity. Are you, Ronan? I think are very brave uh, contacting us because are you not leaving yourself open to these lunatics again? They'll go I, back I, to Terenure. Do you know what? I'm, I'm sure he will be back um, based on the fact that he's done several roads in the area over the last two or three weeks. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll go out and have a chat with him. Don't. 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 Seriously, don't. I'm, I'm not going to beg you. But I'm going to plead with you. Please don't, Ronan. Take a photograph of him or something, but don't go out near him. Did the guard, the guard know, don't they? The Guardi, you know, and to be fair, the Guardi are doing everything they can. They've come yeah. down and they've canvassed the road um, and, the, and the surrounding roads and talked to all the neighbours. They've taken whatever CCTV footage yeah, they yeah. can. It's a very difficult uh, thing to try and catch proactively, you know. They need to really catch him in the act. So and keep it, and let them know. His dog, Decoy, what type of dog is it? It's a, it's a, it's a little scrappy dog, I'm sure. It's a lovely yeah. little fella, like a little terrier type thing. Terrier is right. Um, <laughs> he's... He's 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 the the, the vandal is the terrier. Okay, Ronan. Well, well, mind yourself. I think I, you, I, one I do take, and I know people say, "Oh, what about crime?" And they, yeah, we do crime all the time with Liveline. But vandalism like that has its downside as well. Has its downside, and I think part of it is this this acceptance that somehow what they were what they were doing and throwing uh, liquids at. Uh, incredibly valuable work of works of art because they got publicity that somehow justified it so um, it, it, it will escalate from that both upwards and downwards and the downwards is onto your tyres at the minute Ronan safe travelling I hope it doesn't happen again especially with the weather that's due in the next uh, 10 days or so Ronan thanks indeed good afternoon thank you good afternoon to you too talk to Joe on 0818 715 Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And just a warning, if you're living, it's happening in Dublin 6, Dublin 6 W. We covered the whole turn your area in different contexts earlier on this week that there's some uh, guy with a dog going around and he's deflating uh, tyres and uh, cars he says he doesn't like, uh, including uh, primarily SUVs, which are the jeepy type cars, the best description of them, totally, le- to- totally legal. And he says as well, and he, 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 it's a manifesto, he says he's a member of a group called Rise Up or something. And um, 
the, 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 he's come up with the uh, very uh, Irish name, the tire extinguishers, not the fire extinguishers, the tire extinguishers. And he also says, uh, just in case you're under any illusion that going electric is going to save you from these lunatics, driving a hybrid or electric, they, question mark, this is the sheet he leaves on on your windscreen. These are still polluting, dangerous and cause congestion. See more on our uh, website. And psychological studies. This guy's a genius. Psychological studies show SUV drivers are more likely to take risks on the road. SUVs are unnecessary and pure vanity. I'm sure you could say that about most cars uh, in, in this day and age. Uh, Trevor Garrity is in the UK, originally from uh, Gorey. Um, Trevor, it's happened in the UK. What's happened? Yeah, it certainly did. Uh, it's sort of cool. Co- uh, hi, Joe. How um, you doing? It, uh, it happened in, back in November 2021, so we're in the middle of COVID. So um, I live near a place called Aberfoyle, which okay. is on the edge of the Highlands. And uh, so uh, our pharmacist, effectively there, Jamie, uh, runs the village pharmacist, covering uh, a very rural and remote sort of area. Um, uh, he lives in Glasgow about an hour away and in order to service his customers needs, uh, you know, a four-wheel drive vehicle uh, to get out and about through, you know, floods yeah, and yeah. bad weather and storms and the rest of it. And he uh, came out to find that he's, um, all four of his tyres were uh, were let down and a note left on the uh, vehicle. Um, so apart from the fact of him being running, not running yeah. late in order to dispense uh prescriptions, etc. He's not able to get out and do deliveries. But it shouldn't be happening. People people very often, even who live in, in cities um, who have SUVs, may have genuinely very good reasons why yeah, yeah, they have yeah. four-wheel drive vehicles. Especially in this weather. And also, yeah. how does this, this uh, guy, uh, according to Ronan, he, he nonchalantly walks as long uh, as if he's walking his dog. He bends down um, at the side of the car. He doesn't go around to the windscreen, by the way, and check if it, there's, there's a disabled badge on it or there's a doctor's badge on it or there's a pharmacist's badge or there's a frontline worker's badge on it or a firefighter's badge on it. He bends down pretending to pick up dog poo and in 10 seconds, 10 seconds, uh, Ronan described, uh, what your, what your, I'm never, I, it's a smart little system, but I, I won't repeat it. But in 10 seconds, he, he, he uh, he takes off the little dust cap and puts it back on and your tyre is, whatever he inserts, your tyre is deflating as he walks away. Joe, it, should, it shouldn't be happening. I, I've, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm tight on time myself, Good. but uh, I, the, the main thing is is that if someone's a real environmental campaigner and they stuck a note on somebody's windscreen at the time that says, do you really need this vehicle? Yeah. Think, think, think green then that would be a different story. But criminal damage is just not acceptable. Yeah, and it is criminal damage. And if, uh, so, and if, God forbid, the man who was walking his dog, who's committing yep. these crimes, if he happened to be knocked down at the next junction and he needed a car to, to take him to hospital quickly, it could be that very SUV that he let the, the air out of the tires. Let the Absolutely. air out of the tires. Okay, Gregor, you say, much, okay, thanks. That's Trevor Garrity uh, in uh, the UK. And as I say, this whole this whole um, manifesto, they can basically at this stage, if if this fella is to be believed, they can justify anything. Things are so awful in the world. They can justify anything. Uh, they can justify throwing paint on um, uh, uh, on uh, valuable paintings. They can justify blocking any road they want at any time they want, including ambulances, as you saw in the UK. And, and people trying to get to hospital, they can justify it because they believe it's for uh, the, the, the greater good. Now, just, just a list of uh, things that we're doing next week, um, this day next week, which will be Thursday, we're doing the highs and lows of uh, 2020. We're looking for your ideas. Uh, what, now, no, obviously, it's the eve of the eve of Christmas Eve. Uh, every time we've done this for the last 15 years, uh, we've managed to get a picture of the year through through your voting. But we, we don't do pestilence and we don't do disease and we don't do death and we don't do wars. Obviously, it's it's a, a more lighthearted piece uh, around that. Um, and that's next uh, Thursday. You can email us with your what you thought was the best thing, as I said. Um, uh, so far, we've had things like the... Uh, the Banshee of Inishir, we've on Colleen Kuhn. I don't know what's going to make now to the uh, t- 
to the to the ten that you vote on on the day. Um, and when I mentioned Colin Kuhn before, people said unfortunately they weren't able to see to see it. But uh, people definitely were able to see Banshees of Inishir. The World Cup is at a high and a low because one one group emailed us and said the World Cup should be the low of. Uh, 2022 and another because of obvious reasons uh, workers in Qatar and uh, human rights and another group said that the World Cup was a lot better than they predicted and it should be a hive but I, we, you, you'd be allowed through your voting next uh, Thursday to decide the Irish women's soccer team the summer weather uh, the incredible summer weather um, the uh, we were rugby world rugby player of the year Ukraine won the Eurovision Charlie Bird's Climb of Pro Patrick, uh, Bono's book and show Surrender, uh, Bad Sisters was also mentioned, that incredible series. And then in the lows, I think this will be up there. The End of Derry Girls <laughs> was one suggestion. Uh, the t- uh, Elon Musk taking over Twitter, the chaos in Dublin Airport, prices, uh, the, the, the defeats of the male soccer team. By the way, the female soccer team was in the highs of... 2022 and a lot of people's um, the banning of the live live crib from outside the mansion house uh, in Dublin and we will have uh, Roddy Collins uh, Mark uh, Henry who has written the book about reasons to be and it's 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 not a polemic it's statistical reasons uh, to be cheerful in Ireland among all the doom and gloom and how how far we've come in the 100 years since the uh, foundation of uh, the state and by the way on the eve of Christmas Eve uh, that's Friday the 23rd of December uh, if your child would like to share a story a song a review a video game a book something they loved and are enthusiastic about or maybe you just want to come on and have a chat with Joe send us uh, a WhatsApp voice note, please, which is 087-1843-709. 087-1843-709. Or just email joe at rte.ie with your parents' permission, of course. And uh, we're doing that on the eve of Christmas Eve. And then on uh, Christmas Eve morning from 9 o'clock, we are outside the Bailey Public House. And thanks to them in advance. They're absolutely brilliant to us. Absolutely brilliant. Because the rig for that gig... It's a big gig, starts just after midnight, believe it or not, and we finish at 11 o'clock. And then the Bailey have to uh, make sure that their busiest day of the year and their customers are facilitated. So it's a, it's a fantastic gesture by them every year they've been doing it. This is the 48th year that uh, th- th- since, the, since the gay started the uh, affair in Grafton Street, the Christmas Eve affair in Grafton Street. That's 48 years ago. And um, it's kept, it's gone every single year. We even did it one year in 2010 when it was minus 10 degrees below, believe it or not. And the following year, it was uh, something like 12 degrees above. And don't tell me that's not evidence of climate change. 10 degrees below one year. That was the year that Mary McAleese, uh, it was her last year as president in the Auris, her final year, and I remember standing on the stage uh, wondering would she arrive because it was snow and we had a good crowd and the city council were brilliant clearing the street and the Gardaí were brilliant and uh, everyone was safe and sound and with great fun. But I saw uh, President McAleese and Martin and her entourage coming up from uh, Dawson Street like Scott uh, of the Antarctic coming to plant the flag. Such was the blizzard and the snow that she came through. Um, but she did arrive and we did have a great laugh uh, on the day. That was 10 degrees below and the following year, as I say, 11, 11 degrees. So thanks to everyone involved in that. In advance, in advance. And Amelda May will be there. Erica Cody will be there. Jack Air will be there. Claudia Boyle will be there. All the Funny Friday gang will be there. Brendan O'Carroll will be there on the street. This is all God willing. It's a long way away that we're all, none of us are struck down by anything. And uh, Susan McFadden, who who blew, and we did it last year. We had to do it indoors, obviously, in COVID for the two years. But Susan uh, uh, blew the ceiling down here in um, in Montrose. She was absolutely brilliant. Uh, a singer is on the line, Robert Mizell. Robert, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you? And what are you doing? You're trying to get on the Christmas Eve show, are you? <laughs> well, well, I was just waiting for you to ask, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, 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 tell me your manifesto for us and then we'll decide. <laughs> well, I, I, well I, suppose my, I suppose my manifesto for the ups, the highs or the lows, is it? No, which is why, why did you contact us? 
Well, I contact I contacted you. I think it was a week or so ago, Joe. And I think um, my father passed away last January, and uh, he he was a, was a great character. But in, in, there's a long story. But, but, but you don't have time to listen to it today. But there's a long story about my father and the history that my, myself and my dad have. But when my dad passed away, he'd become uh, a pastor, and he, he okay. And, and the, the last words he spoke before he died was, um, I wasn't there, but I'm told mm. that the last words he spoke before he passed away was, I'm going home. Okay. And, well, I, and yeah. I thought that was a nice, I thought it was a nice thing for him to say, because at least I knew that even though I wasn't there and, and some of the family weren't there, that he, he was at peace and he was going to where he thought he was going to be laid, laid to his eternal rest and okay. he was going home. And it got me sort of thinking this time of the year, because Christmas is coming and mm-hmm. With the world that we live in, Joe, it's it's chaotic. I mean, look, you've been talking about the highs and lows of the of the world and, and, and the times we're living in, and there's there's lots of there's lots of highs, I will admit, but there's mm. also lots of lows. But I, I was sort of thinking about, you know, the children of our generation. My little my little girl is seven, and my little boy is four, and I'm, my daughter's getting actually married on Sunday. She's, oh, she's congratulations. A, oh, she's, I won't give out her age because she's too old. She's too old to mention their age. Yeah, we don't like it after never, they get past Never too old. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I started thinking about you know the way that that children perceive Christmas and the way they look at it, and with the with the onset of of television advertising and mm. you know big shop windows you know like my my seven year old you know she would see all these different toys and she'd be asking for this and for that and for the other as 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 all children do and and let me say Joe that there's nothing there's nothing that makes me happier you know at, at my stage in life. Um, I, I had a family fairly late in life, and mm. to watch my little children grow up, and on Christmas morning to see the excitement on their faces, and they wake up at five o'clock in the morning and they come yeah. down to see Santa. Uh, but there's another side of it that that I was I'm I'm a little bit concerned about because I, I sometimes think that you know we we wrap Christmas into this you know wrapping paper of of gifts and mm-hmm. and a big meal and 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 the tinsel of all of it and. And, and I just hope that when my children get a bit older, and I, I, I don't want them to forget that the reason we're here and the reason we're celebrating this day as a Christian now, and I'm sure there's mm-hmm. lots of other people who celebrate Christmas for different reasons, and that's fine. But my children and 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 people who are, I'm I'm assuming of the Catholic faith, Catholic faith and the Christian faith, yeah. you know, it's it's the birth of Christ. And I remember when I was growing up in foster care many years ago, one of one of the highlights of my childhood and and taken into consideration all the gifts I got and all the things that I, I had as a child. But my, my foster father, Papa Courtney, um, every Christmas Eve, he used to gather all the kids around. And in, in the foster home at that time, there could have been two children, there could have been 10, just depend on the year that, or the month that, that was in us. But he used to always sit around and read a couple of passages from the Bible about Christmas. And believe it or believe it not, Joe, those are, that's one of the memories that I remember above anything else. I couldn't tell you what I got for Christmas when I was seven or eight. I couldn't tell you. Um, but I do remember that, 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 that moment. And it, like, even, even though I'm, I'm, I was born a Baptist and I've been raised a Baptist mm-hmm. all my life, I, would, I don't have a Baptist church here in Ireland that I go to, but I would go to the local Catholic church in, in where, I, where I'm from near Mullingar. And I just, I love being a part of that service. I love, to, you know, to once again to hear the story of Christ and 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 his his birth, and it just makes it makes everything about Christmas a little bit more special. And, I, and I'm afraid that we're losing that. And that what, was my well, point. well, well, then what? That's fine. And but what what would what would to you epitomize the true meaning of Christmas? Is is it a song? Is it a poem? Is it an event? What 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 does it for you, Robert? Well, well, I, I think, as, as I said, I mean, when, when Papa Courtney spoke those words about, you know, the birth of Christ and knowing that, that, that this is the reason we're here, that we're, we, we're, all, we're all part of something bigger, you know, because, I, look, I'm, I'm, I've never been a major religious person, I, I think, since my father died and, you know, listening to him in the last couple of years of his life, mm-hmm. and maybe the fact that I'm getting a bit older, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm seeing the end of my road, but I, I'm sort of just, I think to myself that this world that we live in, as chaotic as it can, as it can be, and, and and as much good as there is, I don't I don't want to come across as, as a Scrooge or anything. There's a lot of great people in this world. There's a lot of great things that are happening, but there's a lot of things that that are just going astray. And and I I I, I look to to my faith and I look to where I may be going, 
and I, I'm, I'm trying to get a little bit closer to where I may be going. And it's even something as simple as the fact that every every it's evening at mealtimes now, um, I we have a small prayer at the table, which is something I did growing up, and then I had lost it for many years. But I've I've gone back to doing that because I want my children to realize that that everything that we have on this earth, we have to be thankful to somebody for that. Um, and Robert, and, and, do, do you do? Uh, and I, I'm going to press you on. I want you to 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 advise people. You're you're saying try and get back to the true spirit of Christmas. Yes. I want you to have if you believe that, which you do, obviously, and a lot of people mm. do. I want you to help them by suggesting a, a piece of music or a poem or a reading or whatever that will get you that. But in the meantime, do, yeah. do you how do you celebrate Christmas with your children? You mentioned your children. Yeah, well, absolutely. Look, well, look, I'm I'm a little bit of a hypocrite, Joe, in the sense that okay. we just got back we just got back from Lapland a couple of days ago. Um, okay, and, okay. And see, seeing the magic of that was was fantastic. And what does but, that what does that involve? A flight, uh, obviously. Oh, oh yes. Well, well the, the the flight over was fantastic, and I have to say that I mean we went with Sunway Travel and and, and Cork, and they were fantastic. I mean, it's it. If you're a child or even an adult, my wife is Christmas mad. We got married in, in December uh, to coincide with Christmas because of her love for Christmas. Um, so I think I was going as much for her as I was the children. But it, it was absolutely beautiful. And, and you know, to see the, the snowy landscape and the elves were waiting for us at the airport. Uh, they were singing songs and they were singing Christmas songs and jingle bells. and They had games and poems and, and things on the on the plane, which is fantastic. And from the moment you arrive in Lapland, it's just, it's just, you know, we were there for two nights and it's, you know, it's just a full schedule. Uh, there was husky rides, there was reindeer rides and snowmobile rides and, um, you know, uh, hot berry juice and co- hot chocolate and standing beside a fire roasting marshmallows. So, and, 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 but what I'm saying, all of those things are wonderful, but there, but there's a, there's another layer behind all of that. And, and Santa Claus is so important to us um, you know, he's so important to the children. He, 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 he brings them so much joy. But, but before Santa and before all of the other stuff, I, I try to get my children to understand that, look, God is watching. God is, the, he, you know, he, he, he is our, he's our, our Lord and our Savior. He is the, is the man who, who's responsible for our, our existing. And t- the 25th of December is his birthday, um, which, which, which you've cleared up recently on your show. It's a Sunday, isn't it? <laughs> um, it is, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, you know, and look, as I said, I, I, asked, I don't want to... I asked, I asked, I think it was a funny Friday when we were in Athlone there, I asked a musician, um, he was brilliant, he was brilliant, and I asked um, him, does he play a Christmas song? And he says, yeah, every every December 25th. And I say, what do you, what do you play? And he says, I play Happy Birthday. Dear Jesus, Happy <laughs> Birthday to you. Well, Which well, is a reminder, that is... Uh, yeah, what it well, is. Well, instead of what we're marking, what, what Christians yeah. are marking anyway. Yeah, well, look, I love all the traditional Christmas songs. As a matter of fact, I'm doing a show tonight, and I'll be singing White Christmas, and I'll be singing Blue Christmas, and, and songs like that. Um, look, if if Mama Courtney, my foster mother, was alive, um, she probably hit me over the head because I I, I couldn't rhyme off, you know, a couple of. Uh, predominantly religious hymns that, that she, she taught us when we were growing up because, you know, I spent every every Wednesday, every Sunday morning and every Sunday afternoon in church for most of my life when I was a young fella. Um, and and I, I remember those times and, and we went to Bible teaching and, you know, I got, I got away from it for many years and, and, and you know, life takes you away. And you, as, as an adult, you go off and you do your own thing. But I, I definitely am trying to bring myself back and I'm trying to also bring my children along with me um, and, and, and as I said, it's not, it's not about telling people not to enjoy Christmas, to get on your knees and, 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 and pray all, all day on, on Christmas Day. It's not about that. But as you're having your turkey and as you're having, you know, the wonderful meal that we're so delighted to have. And I do tell my children quite regularly. As a matter of fact, when we were in Lapland, I actually, you know, had a word with Maisie. She's the oldest one. And I said, Maisie, I said, I want you to realize that there's not too many children in the world. Hey, get do you want to do Christmas childhood? Sorry? Oh, sorry, I was, I was just suggesting we do a Christmas childhood. Sorry, go keep keep talking, Robert. You were, you were talking about Maisie. Yeah, I was just saying. I was just saying to Maisie that you know that all children don't get to do what she's doing, and you know that this is yeah, a very okay. special event. And, and and I think and and those little things. I see some children now, and even some of the children in Lapland as I was watching them, and they saw the dogs and they saw the sleigh, and it's okay. That's done. What's next? You know, okay, up well, Lisa's on you know. the line. Joe at RT.E, 51551. Lisa, you're listening to Robert. 
Hiya, Joe. How are you? Yeah, what, what, what's your reaction? Yeah. Um, well, uh, first of all, I, you know, I, I'm sorry Robert lost his father. Um, Robert, I, I don't know, I'm a little bit confused. You're talking about Lapland visits, but you, yeah. you kind of seem to be kind of condemning anyone else for commercialising Christmas, if you like. Um, I love Christmas, absolutely love it. I have three children. Um, my three children are gay. I have I have had a divorce. So even if I wanted to go to the church or they mm. wanted to go, sure, we wouldn't be welcome anyway, Robert. Yeah. Um, so well, 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 the, well. First of all, I, I don't mean to condemn Christmas. I love Christmas, and I love I, and I love the fact that, as I said on Christmas morning, my children come downstairs and they're so delighted with their Santa presents, and I and I want them to be delighted with that. But as what I'm saying is, is un, under underneath that meaning of Christmas, I want them to know that there's another reason that we're celebrating this day uh, to celebrate the birth of Christ, mm-hmm. which is important to now. Look, it's not important to everybody. And, and and you know, and it doesn't have to be. But you know, to, to okay, me. Okay, let, let Lisa let Lisa yeah. continue. You, yeah. When you say your children aren't welcome in the church, Lisa. Yeah, the, well, I mean, because for the simple fact that they're gay, uh, they wouldn't be welcome. I'm not welcome because I'm divorced. So I'd like to ask Robert how how could I ingratiate myself and my family into his uh, Christmas celebration what, 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 in what, a church? Well, first of all. Can I say, Joe, first of all, you see, look, and, and, and I, I accept what you're saying. And, you know, well, first of all, I'm a divorced man myself, uh, remarried and have two, two children, thankfully, and I'm, I'm very happy. But, you know, the, the, the God isn't at fault for what the church decides that you're, you should be entitled to or not. And that's, that's, well, that's mm-hmm. the first thing. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about glorifying the church in any way. I'm not talking about, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Baptist. I go into a Catholic church because I want to go in just to, you know, to honor well, then God you, then you would moment. be aware, Robert, that uh, neither myself nor my children would be welcome in a church. You, you do understand well, that's, that, well, that's don't not, you? Well, look, I, I, and I think that's not fair. I mean, look, I, I think you should be, under the eye, in the eyes of God, you should be welcome anywhere. Because um, God, I don't think God or any, you know, or anybody who but believes in this. And, yeah. and much as I would not condemn you or anyone else for going to church and, and celebrating your way, you know, in mm, your yeah. belief. Uh, for your Christmas, I don't think it's fair. And do you, Lisa, to, um, at least, do you do you like Christmas? I absolutely love Christmas. And what Joe, do you love, love about it. it? Great. What do you love about it, Lisa? I love. Do you know what? I think everyone, most people, for the vast majority of people, take on a little bit of just a little bit of magic in the air. People are kinder. Mm. Okay. Uh, people are nicer to each other. People tend to stop and think about what really matters you know, mm-hmm. uh, simple things. And I love, I love the magic of it. And I love shutting reality sometimes out. You know, the world is hard for everybody at the moment. And I like to become a child. I'm 52. But I, I do become Are a child you? again myself at Christmas. Mm-hmm. I, I love think we it. all do. But what, what uh, Robert, uh, and check me if I'm sure I am paraphrasing yeah. you badly, but uh, Robert's saying we need to go back to the true meaning of Christmas. You, you, you believe you find the true meaning of Christmas in your day-to-day life at Christmas time, and probably all year round, Lisa. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. I don't need to go to the church to find that, uh, Joe. I really don't. Um, and I think it, I, oh, I don't like when people are kind of made to look at how they feel like celebrating. Do you know what I mean? Um, or made to feel guilty for. I mean, myself included, most parents spend January to December putting a few bob away to make it special. Do you know? Okay, to yeah. make sure you can get the kids something nice, make sure you have all your food in, the whole lot. Um, and and when, when you hear people... Well, how do you react, Lisa? Because you hear a lot of uh, people... Talking about the oh the excess of Christmas and it wasn't like that in my day, you know all that stuff. But you know, it was. There's always been a commercialism of Christmas. Yeah, yeah. You go back years ago in Ireland. It was you know who was going to get the fattest goose and who can go out and get the greenery for the to hang around the house. There was always that sense of it's just that you know circumstances have changed. Um, and and money has changed, and the world has changed. But you can't you can't dictate to people how to make them happy and how mm. to make their family happy. Not when you're not harming. I'm not harming anyone at all. Um, in fact, I'm helping. I 
I would well, shop as local as I can, always, small business. Well, I, I would hope as well, Joe, that, you know, people don't think that I'm, and I, you, I'm in no way dictated. Well, no are, way you, dictated are, you, are you a party pooper, Robert? No, <laughs> absolutely not. As a matter of fact, you know, as I said, look, I, I'd be the first person down the stairs on Christmas morning in my slippers with the kids. Um, but I, have, I, you, I have you heard, given that your skill is, apart from performing, your skill is also yeah. songwriting as well. Um, yeah. Have you written a song about put Jesus back into Chris? I'm, I'm, I'm not well, No, I, I've written a gospel song. I've written gospel songs before, not, not particularly about about Christmas, um, but um, look, it, it's as I said, Joe. I'll go back to the fact that I want I want my children to to, to enjoy all the magic of Christmas and and you know the presents and you know the family gathering and the meal and all that stuff. And I want them to understand all of that, and I want them to, I want them to really enjoy that. But in their own time and in their own way, and I'm not going to force it on them. I, I do. Well, Robert, what are you asking people yeah. like me to do? If I may ask you, what, well, what well, would look, you like uh, us to do? Well, no. Well, all I would be saying, look, if you're a believer in God <laughs> and that God was your creator and that, that God is good to you, then then all I would say to you on Christmas Day is just uh, have a little prayer yourself. And, and this is not about a church. I've been let down by churches down through the years in my own country. I, you know, I could tell you stories that would curl your hair about people in the church and, and things that have happened. I don't put my faith in any church. Uh, or any or any religion, but, no. But you're not you know, really putting your money where your mouth is if you're writing gospel songs and cashing in on them. No, um, no, no. But that's love, I, I, no, no, sorry, I have never, I have never released the song I've written. I have not cashing in on anything. Um, right. I, 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 no. So I'm not. I'm. And all I'm saying is very simply that if you believe in God and you believe that that, that, that Christmas Day is 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 for His birth. And it's because of his birth that we're celebrating Christmas. Then have a prayer to yourself on the day, and I remind my children of that, and it gives them the going forward. Uh, they can forget a, they can forget it later on if they want to. But as 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 long as they're young and I can I can influence them, I'm going to tell them that you know just remember as you're having your Christmas dinner, it's it's Christmas Day, and let's remember the reason why we're doing it. And there's no, there's but, no but more. But if that's your beliefs, that. Robert, that should be every day, not just Christmas Day. Well, yeah. well, I, well I didn't say it wasn't like, every know, day. I didn't. Uh, but, I didn't. I didn't but we say all it live different lives, do you know. We certainly you, do. You're in Lapland, you, but you're in Lapland with children, and <laughs> yeah. kind of yeah. um, maybe you know condemning people a little bit. No, 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 I never, no, I no, no, I, no. I let me finish, I, please, I, Robert. I no one. I no, may I finish what I was saying? Maybe yeah. judging people, if you like, no, no, for not, not judging pra- either. maybe not no. praying and not being thankful and recognizing the day that's in it, that, you know, to be grateful to Jesus yeah. and this, that, and yeah. the other. Well, you know, though, Robert, some people don't have time to pray because they're crying and they're trying to bring you know, a dinner to mm. the table and right. they've kind of but, lost their faith in God because they don't, you know, they're choosing between lighting the fire and lighting the cooker. Do you know, it's a tough road, Robert. Well, look, well, I, look first of all, I, 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 I've lived a tough road myself many, many years and I know, I know what you're talking about. And if I had time to talk to you individually, you would understand where I'm coming from. Um, you know, my story is very is is, is complex. Mm-hmm. I'm sure as yours may be, but I'm not. This is I'm not making an argument. What what you should do, uh, or you know, if if you feel if you feel that that God has betrayed you in some way and you don't want to recognize Him on Christmas Day, that's fine. I have no problem with that. I'm just saying I, I'm just giving my opinion based on what I do and what I, I think my children should do. And then when they get older and they, and they and they have their own lives, they can make up their own mind. But I think it's important because. You know, for, for for as long as time began, the 25th of December has been Christmas Day, and Christmas Day is the birth of okay. Christ. I was mentioning earlier um, a childhood Christmas by Patrick Cavanagh. To me, that epitomizes all the joy and the wonder and the the, the religious sense as well of Christmas. You can easily uh, listen to it there on your, if you have your, your phone, just go onto YouTube, it comes up, there's an incredible version by the wonderful Stephen Ray. That's well worth listening to. Lisa Bracken, thanks indeed and a happy Christmas. Robert Mizell, thanks indeed and a happy Christmas. Today's producer was Annette Egan and Ray Darcy's next. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie